And now, live in studio, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Yes, you're listening to the Consumer Quarterback Show with your host, Brandon Rimes. Brandon is out today, so in the chair today is a backup quarterback, James DeJerome. Still committed to giving you the same quality program we always do. We are about the consumers on this program. It's a consumer advocacy program. Brandon has built it that way in that we want to make sure that you spend your money wisely. We're going to give you some tips, some knowledge as a way of increasing your purchasing power in the marketplace. To that end, I've assembled some great partners today. We've got, we're going to talk about a few stories that we've got, a feel-good story like we always do to try to inject some positivity into your day. Uh, I've assembled my same staff. We've got DR intern back there. Jose is on the board today for, for Salem, help, help keeping us good on AM 1380. Uh, Rob is our tech from WeBeam, so if you want to check out the TV side, WeBeam TV always has a consumer quarterback show on, or you can go to bingenetworks.tv and search for the consumer quarterback show. Any way you want to find us, we're there. Uh, we've got some great sponsors. Uh, Lucky Dill is one of our sponsors. Brandon always talks about going to Lucky Dill. I love it over there. I'm there all the time, and I would encourage everyone out there to give it a shot. The sandwiches are unbelievable. And I, I, that, I'm a big sandwich guy, so I'm always eating sandwiches over there. But they've got the menus. It's got everything you can think of. So anything that you want to stop by, think of a deli, try the Lucky Dill for me. It's really a special place. I think you'll enjoy it a lot. We got some uh, some partners here in the studio for you today. As always, we're heavy on the real estate side. We're going to try to find some uh, some ways to help save you money and make you a little more powerful in the marketplace. Scott Cutler, Mortgage Approval Group. Welcome in, Scott. Thanks. It's uh, always good to be here. Um, looking forward to sharing some stories and uncovering some mysteries and yeah. hopefully uh, answering some questions for everybody. One thing I love about Scott is uh, he's a bro- he's a broker. So it's not just his deal and he's just going to try to sell you his product. He knows exactly what this area is about and he's been in this market for a long time. And he's got different products, custom fit for a person. So you might see something that that another uh, lender could not handle. Oh, absolutely. And especially if you're uh, dealing with a a bank, um, a lot of times they have what we call the vanilla products. Mm -hmm. It's the, you know, the uh, top tier Right. Everybody can do it alone, you know, the the standard 30-year. And one size does not fit all, right? Absolutely not, you know. Um, everybody's situation is a little different. Everybody's goals are a little different, you know, and those are all things that we like to factor in. It's not just the credit score. It's let's right. have a conversation so we can help you make a, you know, a good short-term and long-term um, decision based on, you know, what your financial needs are and what your goals are. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's not just knowledge of, of what products are available. It's the marketplace. It's the person. It's the fact that Scott's been in that business a long time and he can kind of see down the road a little bit so that you might be getting into a property that he sees a problem in 10 years that you don't see. That's why you need somebody with knowledge on your side. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You want to make sure that, you know, you're making an informed decision. I mean, it's your finances at the end of the day. Right. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give people the option um, to look at different things, you know, here's the best short-term mm-hmm. option for you. Here's the best long-term option. Here's the best kind of in-between. I, we talk all the time about folks that aren't even aware of what's out there. You know, it used to be standard 30 years, 20% down, and that's what everyone thought it was. Right, exactly. I mean, we've got loans with as little as 3% wow. down, um, you know, some very flexible terms with FHA with, you know, 3.5% down. Of course, the veterans 
you know, have the 100 percent financing. We're going to get a little bit of that in just a minute. Uh, I've got Richard Alexander's here. Richard Alexander from Alexander Law always brings us some knowledge and tell, tells us about any latest legal changes or any legislation that's on the horizon. What's new in your world, Richard? Uh, thanks, James, man. This is the best part of the time for me. I love doing the show. <laughs> love everything about it, man. You and Brandon are just, you know, I appreciate consummate it. professionals. Thank you so much. Yeah. I know this that you're a teacher as well. Uh, yeah, I've been an educator for, wow, going on almost 20 years, coming close. So we were talking a little bit about, uh, before the show, just about students and why they get into law and, and different things that might motivate somebody out there. You get questions all the time. Kids think they, they already know everything because they've seen Law & Order or some of these shows on TV. Is that right? Well, one of the questions I do get asked a lot by students is, uh, can you name any movies or TV series that are a lot like the practice of law? And uh, <laughs> I, I haven't seen one yet. I will tell you this. Uh, I've had a lot of law enforcement officers that told that have told me law and order gets it pretty close, but really? from from the law enforcement right, right. perspective, yeah, they said law and order gets it. You know, they're they're really good. Oh, there's so it. many things about Twelve Angry Men or all the different things that deal with the court systems going back in, in the history of cinema. There's so many movies and TV shows that people really think they they know the inside of what happened or they know how to attack things because they saw a TV or a movie. Yeah, I think you know the, the movie. They have to do the Hollywood version of it. You know, the building up the drama. Right. The characters uh, have to feel you a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they do. They cut a lot of they cut a lot of corners because right. it's, it's not glamorous, and everybody wants to see. You know, everybody wants to see the glamour, the drama, the behind the scenes. They want to see the conflict in the courtroom, <laughs> and that just doesn't happen. I mean, it's incredibly infrequently. Something like that happens in real life. Right. It's about it's about doing your study and having having case law on your side and really doing research. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that part is true. But I'll, I'll tell you the little things that people don't know a lot about uh, because it's just not again, it's not glamorous. Mm. But I, I can't tell you how much typing I do <laughs> really because I'm preparing the motions the and, documents. You know, yeah. And I'm, sure. I'm the one typing away at, you know, 35, 40 words a minute. Right. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's really time consuming. And, you know, but who wants to see that in a TV series yeah. or a movie? Nobody cares <laughs> about it. It's not as that. compelling. Yeah. Right. But, yeah, a lot of my, a lot of my work is, uh, you know, doing the research and typing. Okay. Well, we're going to get back and talk a little bit about Richard, about his teaching and a little bit about the law and what he's seen a little over there at Alexander Law. But I want to get back to Scott because we have a bunch of people in the Bay that are renting, and I've heard this nightmare where – I can't even find a rental property. I find one, and it's, I go back in a week, it's gone. Uh, the scarcity is starting to impact people a little bit. Absolutely. You know, there, we've got a, a good amount of inventory available right now as far as the number of houses that are for sale, mm-hmm. um, which is great because it's a hot time of the year for, right, right. for our housing market. But, you know, the rental properties are uh, getting more and more expensive. You know, the average rent, I think, in the Tampa Bay area for you know, a one bedroom that's like 700 square feet is, you know, $900 or something. And when you're talking about first and last and a deposit, that money may not be that far off a down pos- a down payment for something that Scott Absolutely. can do for you. You know, because you figure a lot of times a rental payment is going to be more than what the mortgage payment would be. Yeah. Um, uh, almost, I would say, 90% of the time, unless you, you know, happen to be someplace for a long time. Um, but um, if you if you add up the... The uh, first, last, and security deposit, it almost always comes up to close mm-hmm. to the 3% that you're going to need to put down. Yeah, it's sometimes, it's a barrier in your mind when you think, I just can't do it. I don't have the down payment or my credit's not good enough. Really, until you run it and check it with Scott, you really don't know what position you're in and what you're able to do. Right, exactly. And that's where our team comes in because, you know, even if you're not ready credit-wise, let's say there's some blemishes that need to you know, get taken care of or things that need to get attended to. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, sometimes I have people that, 
you know, or don't understand credit and they may only have one or two things on their credit right. and they need a little bit more. And it's something know. they could improve without going too far. Exactly. And we can give them that advice for, for free. Right. You know, or we, you know, work with other services and and such that they may want to look at. Yeah, that's one of the critical pieces is because when you think, okay, we're finally ready, you know, I made a decision with my girlfriend. We said, hey, it's time to move up. We're going to do this. By the time we thought we're ready, it took a year just to identify a property that we could get. You know, we found one, the deal would fall through. And now we can't get that house. It took a year just to zero in on the right property. So Mm -hmm. all that time, we could have been getting our ducks in a row financially. We could have met with Scott, could have talked about what's out there. Be flexible and be ready because there's going to be changes as you look for the place. And sometimes it's something simple. You know, I've had clients that, you know, have uh, needed to pay off a $50 medical collection and then their score shoots up 40 points. Right. You know, and that's something that we can make happen in a matter of a few days, um, which is wonderful. If there's an error there, we can identify and get it taken care of. And you you won't know until you investigate these things, guys. Right. Yeah. You got to get out there and see what's in the market and what's what you can afford. Uh, Like I said, Scott has programs for everyone. The veteran thing is unbelievable. Absolutely. I mean, the veterans, you know, it's the it's one of the best ways that we can give back to them. You know, obviously, I might be a a little biased being in, you know, in this industry. But um, at the same time, I I feel like uh, giving them the opportunity to go into a property with basically no money out of mm-hmm. pocket because we can negotiate with a seller to right. pick up closing costs. I have clients that walk away with their security, you know, with their, their escrow. <laughs> what a great deal. I mean, that is contract. awesome. That's so. really something that we, that we do and right. You know, the, the first responders and the military guys, that's mm-hmm. a big help to them. And I hope they're taking advantage of that. If you're out there and you're listening and you think, I, I'm, I didn't even realize that or I'm renting a property now, man, look into this because it's a great situation sure. for you. And they're very flexible in the credit, you know, um, guidelines as far as, you know, that's concerned. And we can we can help those veterans kind of navigate all that. Really, our team picks up the reins and does everything for you. Right. We just need a little bit of information from you up front. And we take care of everything from there. We make it super easy. Scott Kepler Mortgage Approval Group. Give him a call. Find, what's the best way to get in touch with you, Scott? Yeah, uh, phone is 813-444-8537. Um, or you can visit us online at um, mortgageapprovalgroup.com or scottkepler.com. Either if one. you're a renter out there and you're not sure whether you can afford to own a home, let's find out. You know, It's not going to hurt you to give Scott a call and find out what you can really do. Absolutely. You know, uh, part of the generation of younger folks, they say, aren't buying homes. Have you seen a change in that? Or have you seen people, buyers approach you at different ages? Um, I'm I'm seeing more and more millennials yeah. over the last couple of years. Um, I think um, I think that a lot of them are staying at home longer mm-hmm. and saving up money because they have money to put down, sure. typically because they've been living with, you know, mom and dad. That's the way to do for, it if you can get away with that. Sure. I mean, I guess, <laughs> you know, I've joked on here on the show before, you know, if if you're a parent and you're listening and you've got a money living at home, we allow for gift funds to, you know, help with the down payment. <laughs> Just got to use them out of there. <laughs> if that's what you want to do, you know, but yeah, I, I'm, I see a lot, a lot of millennials, first time home buyers coming in and, um, they, um, they've taken the time to educate themselves right. and, you know, they, they reach out and, you know, I have some that are, you know, come to me already kind of pre-educated mm-hmm. based on their research and, um, ready to roll with down payments and have an idea of what's available and, you know, we can have an intelligent discussion and some that need some more hand holding and 
We're happy to help everybody. Scott Kepler, Mortgage Approval Group. Let's get in touch with Scott and find out what he can do for you. When we come back, we're going to talk about refi a little bit, about investors, different things they can do on that side. And we got Richard Alexander, Richard Alexander Law, is going to teach us a little bit about his students and what's going on in class over there. Stay with us. Consumer Quarterback Show rolls on. Thanks for listening to my daddy's show. For more information, go to ConsumerQB.com. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Hey, Brandon Rimes here, host of the Consumer Quarterback Show, national syndicated radio and TV show. We are looking for local area business expert contributors for our show. If you'd like to be considered, reach out at ConsumerQB.com, submit a form at ConsumerQB.com, or call 813-670-7372. We're interviewing for expert contributors for our program, 813-670-7372. Hey, Brandon Rimes here. I'm a top 1% realtor in the United States with Keller Williams Realty, the number one real estate company in the world. We're looking for buyers, sellers, and investors that would like to work with our top team in the area. Reach out at ConsumerQB.com. Just submit an email form at ConsumerQB.com or give us a call or a text at 813-670-7372. Call or text 813-670-7372 and we will help you win in negotiations with your real estate deals. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at ConsumerQB.com. That's right, ConsumerQB.com, where you can find all our partners, all the folks we vetted and got together for you to try to save you some steps when you're out there purchasing and using your money in the marketplace. We had a little uh, conversation with Scott Kepler there from Mortgage Approval Group about some of the things that renters don't realize, some of the programs out there that they can take advantage of. I want to turn now to Richard Alexander, uh, Richard Alexander Law. Uh, We talked a little bit about when Richard comes on about changes in legislation, maybe DUI, that kind of thing. We had a conversation, though, about students. He's a teacher, and I wanted to know what students uh, are thinking out there or what they why they get into it and then that sparked this interest in television and radio because a lot of us think that we've seen law and order episodes and we're prepared uh, in the event that we get into a situation Th- that that plays out in real life i'm sure all the time where someone says oh no i know the law here actually you uh you prompted me because i reminded me of something you mentioned 12 angry men right uh henry fonda on mm-hmm. obviously the the uh the star of that show and that's a very unique movie it's one of my favorites because the entire movie takes place in the jury deliberation right. room. And, you know, Henry Fonda's the lone holdout. It's a 12-person jury because mm-hmm. he charges a first-degree murder. And it's an amazing way, an hour and a half, of just to see how he talks. And at the end of the movie, he ends up doing a better job than the defense attorney. I don't know how yeah. many of you folks out there have had jury duty, but it generally is something nobody wants. So well, they, yeah. the, the idea that we're going to learn about what goes on and understand our, our process, the judicial process, most of us don't really want to do that. When we get that letter, we get told that we have to show up. We're trying to duck it or get out of there. It's a chance to really learn how this thing works. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's unfortunate that because I'm an attorney, I'll never be picked. <laughs> to be on a jury, I will get excused immediately. Right. Uh, you know, and I can say for myself that when I pick a jury, I, I don't want a lawyer on there either, because what tends to happen is the other members of the jury defer a great deal of power and influence to that attorney, hmm. and that's not necessarily true. You may not have a trial lawyer, 
I see what you're you know. saying. So the, the the composition of the jury, you got to consider who's going to be the leading voice in that room. When you you, you pick have it. to pick a four person, correct? As soon as the the jury deliberation starts. And if that person had a background in the law or felt like they were had a law, they would be giving direction. And that's not really the role. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Right. I mean, wouldn't you say, uh, well, wait a minute. Hey, you're a lawyer, right? I remember that. Yeah. Um, do you want to be the four person? Sure. And then they'll <laughs> defer way too much right. power and influence to that person. And that's the whole concept behind it. We want your, a jury of peers. We want Correct. everyone's influence, right? Right. That's, well, that's exactly what it is. You know, you're supposed to. Some judges will not let jurors take notes. Hmm. Some judges will. It depends on the judge. But because they don't want you relying on what that person wrote in order to make a decision. Maybe the person wrote down something incorrectly. Maybe the person has a built-in bias that you don't know about. And they don't want you relying on someone else's notes. Interesting. So judges are very peculiar about note-taking during the trial. So, Richard, as an attorney during jury selection, you're trying to, to figure out the, the, whether they're empathetic to your client? I mean, what, what is it actually going on there when you're trying to make those decisions about what jury members you want? Well, it's called voir dire, okay? And it means to, you know, to speak the truth. That's really what it means. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to find six individuals for the most part. You're not going to get a 12-person jury unless it's a capital case. But uh, you're trying to find six individuals that will be fair and impartial. Mm -hmm. And that's really what the end of the day, you're just trying to find six people that will hear both sides fairly, equally, and then weigh the evidence, depending if it's a civil case or a criminal case, and then come to a decision. And that's really what it's all about. But voir dire can be a... fairly complicated process. I could imagine it's not necessarily balanced. You don't want elderly and young or, or male and female. It's, it's about their views. So you're trying to ask questions to find out what their views are, their opinions. Yeah. yeah. And again, this is where the judge comes in because some judges have a questionnaire and they have it fill it out prior to them coming in. Or some judges will ask some preliminary questions and then let the lawyers take over. Or some judges will let the lawyers do all the work. So it really depends on the judge. And this is where they can have considerable influence on you know, that process, the jury selection process, Mm -hmm. because, you know, what you're trying to find out is who's going to cooperate with other people, who's open-minded, who's had, let's say, maybe a a member of their family has been a victim of a crime, has been a victim of a car accident, because, you know, they're going to carry that into the the deliberation room, and they're going to carry a built-in bias, whether you know it or not. It's going to happen. Uh, Who, you know, who's members of the family are law enforcement officers, uh, first responders as family members. Uh, and as who, a way of researching that information, how would you go about finding out that information? Well, you can't because you don't know who's going to come into the room. I see. So if you don't ask it during voir dire, it's which way. So that is your only opportunity to depose them at that point. That is the only opportunity you can actually speak to these people as, you know, as private citizens. Okay. Um, and you know, that's why it's so critical to be prepared with questions and, you know, this is the time you get the chance if you want to have a conversation with them, you know, I'm going to put the words informal in quotes because you really got to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. why you're here. But the questions better be re- revolve around the impartiality, being unbiased. Um, you know, how do you feel about, you know, you really because if you have right. an alcohol, if you know it's an alcohol related case, you better ask questions about how do you feel about alcohol? Right. 
Because if they say, I think everybody that drinks alcohol is guilty, you probably don't want that person on the jury if you're a defense attorney. I think I just fell into the law and order trap that we discussed a little earlier, (laughs) because I swore that attorneys had private investigators finding out what the jury members' uh, inclinations were prior to the jury selection. Why would I? I, That's just my, I just thought that, you know, I thought, I know that from TV. Look, here's the thing. Is it possible? I guess anything's possible, but I don't know who's coming into the, the, right, the uh, jury pool. The jury pool, right. Because let's say they'll, they'll ask for 24 people. The judge will call down 24 people. Of those 24, you pick six. Of Excuse me, well, seven, the, the alternate. Right. Um, whoever's not picked goes back into the jury pool, you know, for other attorneys, sure. other judges. So I have no idea who's coming through those doors. That's another way to ensure is fairness. There, it makes sense now that I think about it. Is there a way to find out? I guess you can look through all the summons that were issued by the clerk and find out who's coming in. Boy, but that time is not great because you just they just walked in the door. Correct. So that's not going to give you much opportunity. Right. So, But look, I, I'm, I'm just saying there's a lot of people with a lot of money. And mm. could they make that happen? I'm pretty sure they can. I suppose it's possible. Now, tell us about uh, DUI legislation. That's another thing where people out there think they know, oh, here's what you do. If you've had one drink, fine, do everything. If you've had none, you know, they have a plan. But uh, it turns out that's not always the way it works in real life. Well, DUI legislation in the state of Florida has been uh, fairly quiet as of recently. Uh, You know, we've had uh, laws, changes in the laws recently as far as .15, you know, that's an aggravator. The limits. Right, it's an aggravator. You get double fine and you have to get the ignition interlock device mandatory. And I recently wrote a blog and I talked about this some time ago on the show that uh, Utah went down to a .05. And why is that important is because Utah was also the first state to go to a .08. And And now .08 is the standard. Okay. So I don't know if we're headed that way. I will say MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, is an extremely powerful lobby in the state of Florida. Has Utah seen a spike in cases as a result of the change? What I have seen more of is more marijuana-related cases. Hmm. No kidding. I'm curious to know how that's handled now with cannabis being, uh, you know, recreational in some areas of the country and not in others and medicinal in some. Uh, it's going to be on law. First of all, law enforcement must have a real serious task in determining which one of these devices is. I see kids with vaping with you right. can't tell what the product is or what, what they're using. So I, I wonder what law enforcement has a real challenge ahead of it with this vaping. Look, I, I can't say this, that, you know, marijuana has a very distinctive smell. And the smell has been held to be probable cause. PC for an so, officer. Correct. So if an officer smells that, you know, an officer should be trained, obviously. Right. But if they smell that, then, yeah, they can go forward with a criminal investigation, which would be a DUI case. But, okay. you know, it's a case-by-case basis. There's a, there's a tremendous amount of pressure on law enforcement to do DUI cases, uh, to make arrests and investigations. Uh, again, MAD is an extremely powerful lobby. The state attorney's office is very mm-hmm. aggressive when it comes to prosecuting DUI cases uh, to the point they, they won't dump them at all. They'll amend them to reckless drivings, but they will not drop DUI cases. But with the sophistication of the devices for vaporizing and then the phone and the texting thing that we're talking about with some of the technology, mm-hmm. voice to text, and there's kind of a, a fine line to, to decide what the driver is actually doing at the time and whether the police officer can say with 100% certainty, I saw him do X, Y, and Z with his phone or he was doing this or that inside the vehicle. Well, you know, that's what I was talking about the last time I was here, that now that texting and driving is a primary offense, let's just say, for instance, law enforcement pulls you over because he believes, you know, he witnessed a traffic violation in this case, 
texting and driving. Right. So he pulls you over, and you know we talked about this that you know you can't get into the phone because of the U.S. Supreme Court ruling on needing a warrant. So he can't just grab your phone and look at it. Correct. So what happens? Well, while he pulls you over for a primary offense of texting and driving, he picks up probable cause for something right. else. And so now opens the door is another it, opportunity. Exactly. It opens the Pandora's box, if right. you will. And now you have a full blown investigation for something else. OK, we're coming into our, our hard break here. I just want to tell you, uh, Richard's going to come back. We're going to discuss a little bit more about that. It's an intriguing topic. I wanted some more questions to hit on that. And we got Scott talking about refi and rent versus own. Come back. Consumer quarterback show. We're always going to tell you something positive as well. We got a woman who was waiting in line at the grocery store. A nightmare scenario. She's got her kids with her. She gets all the way up to the checkout line and she finds out the check she has is bad or she can't use it. We're going to tell you what happens. Don't worry. It's going to be a good ending, as it always is on the story. Feel good story of the day. Come on back. Consumer quarterback show. ConsumerQB.com. This is Chris Voss, former FBI lead hostage negotiator and owner of the Black Swan Group. And you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show, hosted by my friend Brandon Rice. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at consumerqb.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. Welcome back. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback Show with your host, Brandon Rhymes. Brandon is out today. You got your backup quarterback, James DeJerome, in the chair. We are committed to providing you the same consumer advocacy program. We're going to provide some knowledge and some information. To that end, I've assembled some great partners for you. Scott Kepler from Mortgage Approval Group has visited with us a little bit. And we just finished talking to Richard Alexander about some of the different things he's seeing out there. I wanted to go back to Scott a little bit because we had mentioned refinance. And we got a lot of people uh, putting pressure on, as if our market didn't have a scarcity already. We've got a lot of folks from out of our state coming down, always looking for an opportunity to invest down here. What can you tell us about refinance and and what can you do for those looking to refinance? Sure. Um, Those homeowners that are out there now that, you know, have a higher interest rate or have mortgage insurance or um, what I've been doing a lot of is renovation loans. Okay. You know, people see that they build up some equity in their home. You know, they've lived in it for, you know, six months or a year, or we can do it as a purchase as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they see that they want to, uh, you know, update the kitchen or, you know, do new flooring or add a bathroom, those kind of things. Um, we have uh, had a lot of uh, folks um, in the process of doing that where they'll add the renovation costs to their you know existing mortgage and um, refinance it into one mortgage. When you're going to do one of those deals, is there a certain percentage you're looking for, Scott? Like a, when the homeowner says, well, I built up X amount of equity in the home, that means we're, we're in a position where it makes sense. Is there a way to look at it that way? Well, um, it's really based on uh, the future value of the property after the repairs or renovations are done. So you've got to consider the value you're adding. Correct. Yeah, correct. In some cases, you know, you're, you purchased a house that, you know, maybe was outdated. So you paid 
$20,000 less than one that had already been renovated, you know, um, and in that case, you you know, once you figure those renovations is done, then the house is going to be worth 20000 more. Does it make sense for folks out there as soon as they see the interest rate drop to refinance? You get people um, run to you all the time for half a point or it, point. It it uh, it only does um, if it's going to pay off in the long run. You know, it, it depends on how long you're going to be in the house. It, you know, if you told me you were going to sell the house next year, I would tell you it probably wouldn't make sense to right. refinance because there's closing costs involved. You know, you can either have them built into the interest rate, or you can take them from your equity, or you can pay them out of pocket. But either way, there's a cost associated, one way or the other. And so we look at all the different options and kind of you know break that down based on the main factor being how long are you planning on being in right. this house, and what are you going to do with? See, the there's neighbor? an example, folks. Of Scott seeing something that just didn't occur to me. What, what I'm thinking about is I've built up value. I've been in this house for 10 years or whatever. I've got X amount of dollars over the cost. I've paid off my mortgage over the cost of what I'm going to get. I want to take that money right now and do something with it. But you've got to have favorable terms or you're going to build yourself in a payment sure. that's in, in excess of what you're already paying. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, if you're talking about taking cash out of your equity and you have a purpose that you're going to use it for, some cases that makes sense just because of whatever your purpose is. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's a, or your start daughter a business a dream or wedding yeah. or start, yeah. start a, you know, business or, um, you know, invest in another property or whatever the case may be, right. pay off some debts that have got it you justifies that additional your expense. budget, you know, um, the, you can justify that initial expense right. with the, other goal that you're accomplishing, you know, and that's where it's up to you personally to decide, you know, if it makes sense, I can just show you the math as a homeowner. And when you're out there considering to whether you to take this step or not, when you're going to go to somebody, a lender, and they're going to evaluate you, are there ways that you can make the property seem more valuable? I guess we were talking about appraisal or that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it just occurred to me that I'm, I'm seeking to take equity out of the home that I've built up. Mm-hmm. You're going to assess the value of the home at a certain value now, and then we're going to try to assess the value after the renovations are done. Correct. If you're looking at just a standard refinance, we look at what the value of the home is based on its current condition. Um, when you're doing a renovation and you're including that into either a purchase or a refinance, we look at how much is the home worth now? How much are the renovation costs going to be? What's that add up to? And how's that compared to what we think the house will be valued at after that work is done? And how does that work spent. for you, Scott? Do you find yourself working with uh, uh, appraisers or anyone? I mean, how do you get a feel for what makes sense for you from a business standpoint? So uh, we have several different um, uh, software programs right, that right. we use and that are, you know, the different lending partners use to determine a, a rough value based on what the computer says a comparable property is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we usually are dealing with ranges and, you know, in some cases we know the neighborhood better than others. I was just going to say, this is where know, being a local comes in in a huge way because you've got to know the market and where it's headed. Yeah. Cause I can tell you now, you know, a, a, a thousand square foot house in you know, Seminole Heights doesn't sell for the same thing as a thousand square foot house in Hyde Park. And where will it be in five years? Exactly. You know, you so know, and the ability to forecast these things and to have a long-term vision, that's why you need somebody local in the market. That's why we're telling you to go to Scott because he's got the, he's been here. So he knows the, what, what he's talking about. Plus he's got this team in, in place that already has doing this day by day in this, in the same market. Absolutely. Yeah. And my team runs, you know, like a, a well-oiled machine. We, take loans from, you know, start to finish, 
and we're typically you know clear to close and ready to to have everything done well ahead of the closing date and that just lowers everybody's stress level and um, makes the experience of buying a house especially your first one um, much more simple and we're talking about the whole bay area scott what is specifically where what's your range? we we do anything in florida really but okay. a majority of our business probably about 90 percent of our business is done in you know hillsborough pinellas pasco manatee sarasota i know you guys keep an eye on the on the market all the time when brandon's here you guys visit a lot about where we're headed anything you see interest rate wise or anything that's impacting you and your business that you can see predicting in the next few months um, well, I mean, they, the Fed just lowered the interest rate for the Fed rate, which, mm-hmm. uh, as a reminder to everybody out there, doesn't normally have a direct impact on mortgage rates. Could you just briefly uh, explain that to me? Yeah, just sure. the, so the Fed rate is what the banks borrow money at from the Federal Reserve, and then they have their markup on it, and everybody kind of comes out with um, uh, their credit card terms and their you know banking terms and their... Uh, as far as lending okay. products go and personal loans and car loans and things. But of my that individual sort. rate is mm-hmm. determined in another way. Your individual rate is, is determined by, you know, the Fed calculating a rate based on uh, typically a prime rate, which okay. is impacted by the Fed rate as well. Um, but that that means that, like, if you're on a revolving term, meaning your your uh, interest rate can go up and down mm-hmm. on a, on a line of credit for set, you know, for example, um, that that rate is probably going to be lower next billing period than it was because the of last this change in the federal rate. Correct. Um, but what it does impact is the rest of the market. The market was prepared for a cut, but I don't think they. I think the the cut was more than what they anticipated, and you saw that the stock market kind of took a nosedive earlier this week um, and last week because of the announcement that was made last week. Hmm. Um, and what that does is, you know, shifts a lot of the big money over to something that's a little bit more secure, like a thirty year fixed rate mortgage bond. And so, therefore, the mortgage bonds go up, and that brings the interest rates actually down. So anytime there's instability, folks want something they can count on. They're, they're a little nervous about putting their money into something risky. Right, and so they'll move it over to mortgage bonds, and that helps bring the interest rates down. Gotcha. You know, so, you know, when your stock market account, you know, your stock account and in, in such is doing really well, mm-hmm. chances are mortgage rates are probably climbing up, too. Gotcha. You know, so if it's doing, you know, a little worse, but that's where there was kind of a shock in them, uh, the Fed deciding to lower the interest rate because they're trying to just kind of poke the market to, to, to flame up even more than it, than it has. I got you. And then, like we talk all the time about the difference between our market and somewhere else in the United States, it's about the unique factors here in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So the, we're, our opportunities purchase-wise, the locations uh, in our state, then the, the comps around the state, and then, of course, uh, it's so hard to find property now because there's just not, not enough out there for everybody that wants to buy. Right. What can folks do that are renting that want to get in touch with you to find out how they can see what they can really buy? Well, it's simple. They can either call or, or text. Um, the number is 813-444-8537. Um, or they can visit us online at scottkepler.com or mortgageapprovalgroup.com. Um, reach out that way mm-hmm. or call the office. You know, we're happy to you know, assist and, you know, kind of learn about what your goals are and where you're at now and, you know, see what we can do to, to help you accomplish. Exactly. Cause you're, you're taking, you're making a financial commitment, whether you're renting or owning. I mean, if you're renting, like we talked about first and last and that, that your name on that lease, 
it's a commitment financially that you could be making to purchase your own home. Absolutely. People get all caught up on, well, maybe I'll wait for the interest rates to go down a little bit. But rent is 100% interest. Everything you pay, you're <laughs> right. throwing away. You're never going to get it back. We were talking about veterans being able to buy a house with no money down. Right. And, you know, them being able to start building equity off of that investment, you know, where they're using a, a benefit. But the same, it's the same for everybody. When you purchase a house, that house is going to start appreciating right away. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're having these conversations about, you know, refinances. These folks have not paid down their houses in a lot of cases, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, um, they're still owe a, a high percentage in most cases of what they originally borrowed. Right. So they're just paying interest at this point. They're still paying the interest. But because their house is appreciated and interest rates have dropped, they could be paying a lot less interest or keep the same payment that they're comfortable with and cut their term down. I've got a lot of people doing that right now. Scott Kepler, Mortgage Approval Group. He's got tons of options for you. And most importantly, he knows the Bay Area. So find somebody like Scott who can help you out, listen to your questions, and give you an idea of what's out there for you. Because until you investigate the situation, you really don't know. We're coming into a break. We're going to come back with a feel-good story. We're going to talk to the guys one more time with some summary of uh, some of their thoughts today. Great show. Stay with us. Consumer Quarterback Show, ConsumerQB.com. Hey, I'm Ken Shamrock, and you're here with Consumer Quarterback Show. And I say, Brandon Rhymes, knock out your cop. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372, online at ConsumerQB.com. Ian Beckles here with my man, Brandon Rimes, a.k.a. the Real Estate Quarterback. Brandon, what's happening with the market? Thanks, Ian. We are in a low inventory market, so any of our listeners are homeowners and would like a free comparable market analysis or a 2.5% listing, we will honor this for the first three listeners who call or text in 813-773-1253, free CMA, and a 2.5% real estate listing at 813-773-1253. Check out PlatinumMVPRealty.net. PlatinumMVPRealty.net. Brandon Rhymes here, owner of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. We want to offer a rent versus own analysis to anyone renting. Text the word rent in the amount of rent that you're paying to our consumer advocate hotline, 813-670-7372. Text the word rent in the amount of rent that you're paying to 813-670-7372. We're going to hook you up with a rent versus own analysis and break it down how easy we can get you into home ownership with 100% financing options available. ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at ConsumerQB.com. All right, we're back with the Consumer Quarterback Show. Brandon Rimes is not here today. Your backup quarterback, James DeJerome, is in the chair. We're going to tell you something good, like Brandon always does. One of the things he makes a point of on this program is injecting some positivity into your day. And to that end, uh, I found a story here about a, a gal that was in line at a supermarket with her kids and found out that she didn't have the the, the checks that she had to pay for her, her grocery bill was, was not accepted by the cashier. So uh, her name is Regan Gamble, uh, an employee at Concho Valley Home for Girls and Children's Emergency Shelter. 
She was in line to pick up some items for the girls at the shelter when she found out that uh, her check had an error and could not be accepted by the store. There was a mistake made on the check. Uh, we had shopped about an hour to get enough groceries to feed the entire group of children, and we had about a week's worth of meals in the in the, in the cart, and then we couldn't get through the line. So uh, that's when a customer stepped up from behind and said, don't worry, I'm going to handle that. She pulled out her debit card, insisted that she would pay the $160 bill. Uh, the woman told Gamble that she had been in a similar situation herself and was happy to help the foster care organization. The kind gesture left an impression on the two girls who, who were there with their uh, mentor as they watched this lady pay for their groceries. The kids were shocked, Gamble said. One later uh, said she never saw someone do that before. Uh, she didn't think about that, that anyone would ever do that. Gamble said both teens who had been taken out of abusive situations at home began discussing ways they could repay the stranger's kindness by doing something nice for others in return. The next time we go somewhere, if we see someone struggling with groceries, we can help load the car or put them in the basket. We're going to figure out some way to help them. If we can't pay for it, we'll help them some other way. So what that did is it sparked a little bit of that pay it forward mentality that we talk about a lot on the show where you witness a random act of kindness or somebody doing something good for somebody else and it inspires you to do the same and that's that's the whole thing that the impetus behind this story and the impetus that we're trying to get out there in the community is let's take action you know let's take action and let's let's reward those who do you see a good deed don't let it go uh, unrewarded that way you'll reinforce it and kind of pay it forward yourself Absolutely. all right guys so uh, we had talked a little bit today about some different items. I wanted to go back to Richard a little bit because I was kind of fascinated by the, the students and the teaching and some of the ways that we in the public think we know already the, what, what the laws are. We're confident because we've seen a television program or a movie somewhere that reinforced right. our view. Uh, what have you seen out there that, that you've noticed that people are way off base? They think that they, that they can do this and that there's no legal basis for that. Well, you know, you actually made me think of something called, uh, have you ever heard of the sovereign citizen argument? I, I think I'm familiar with the phrase, but I don't know exactly what it is. Well, they're dangerous. And, and I'll tell you why. They come to court and they're armed to the teeth with, you know, research that they've done on any particular case. And they believe that the government, the state, local municipality, judges, law enforcement has no power and jurisdiction over them because they believe themselves to be sovereign Hmm. That means free and independent of any government control whatsoever. And what establishes this sovereignty? Well, they see themselves as sovereign <laughs> citizens, you know, and they say, well, not even the not even the Constitution applies. They to don't me. recognize it. Correct. And that's that's their first argument in front of the court. I, I love when they do something like, well, I don't recognize this judge's jurisdiction over me. And that's when a lot of the lawyers go, this is going to be good. <laughs> this is going to be really good. Well, how does the judge typically respond? Well, he doesn't even consider it. He just says, uh, we're going to set this off for a pretrial. Uh, I'm going to appoint the public defender to represent you. I mean, judges are way beyond that. They just know not to get into it. It's, right. a, it's a lose-lose game for the judges because they're just going to get into a, 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 you know, a, 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 back and a forth. heated discord yeah. Yeah, with, with, the, uh, with the person accused. So they know better than to get into that. But I, I think a lot of it has to do with they think they know the law. And they come in with what's called the sovereign citizen argument, which is always it always fails. You've seen this presented I'm numerous times. Absolutely. And this person had done research at, a, at some some library or somewhere and felt like this is just applies to me or that there's no Correct. formal declaration issue. Correct. That's exactly right. They feel that they're going way back. I mean, talking 18th century. Is there is there such a loophole that says if I choose to recede no. from the no process of not. no no the states can't do it I don't know why an individual thing you know but but the bottom line is they believe that it never applied to them in the first place 
Okay. That the laws don't apply to them well, as enacted. There's a lot of folks out there who just feel like the federal government, you know, they have issues with the federal Correct. government they're, right. they're for the state the state versus a federal kind of like an argument. I suppose you could make that argument, but you don't have, there's no legal basis. Well, there's no legal basis. That's the problem with it. So, you know, I think the ultimate irony is I'm going to use case law to show that <laughs> the sovereign citizen argument applies to me. Okay, you do that. And yeah. who hands down case law? Right. I mean, judges. <laughs> so one way or another, you end up back where you started. You end up back where you started, but they don't see it that way. Uh, I remember Wesley Snipes. Remember he was convicted sure. for tax Taxes, fraud? Yeah. He said he attended a seminar in which the speaker convinced him he doesn't have to pay taxes because it doesn't apply to him and Congress has no power over taxes. And since he's a sovereign citizen, he doesn't have to pay taxes. And lo and behold, he gets convicted and sent up to federal prison. Yeah, I imagine that that argument didn't last very long. I couldn't have they delivered long. that long. Yeah. See, on the tax thing, it just looks like you're you're stealing, basically. You know, it looks like you just don't want to pay your taxes. If you took a philosophical stand against some issue that put you in a light where you were actually doing something, or, or it wasn't just you not spending your own money, it might have. You know, there might be a way to at least argue a little bit. Right, like I don't it. want my money going to the <laughs> gestation period of a house fly. Right, right. Yeah. you know, something along those lines. But just to say, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm exempt. That's exactly that. right. <laughs> because the speaker at a seminar told me I was. <laughs> so what is it typically that students, I'm sure nowadays I get this all the time, that I'm stunned at some of the positions they'll take. But have you had this come up in class where they'll say, I, I really feel that this is wrong or we need to change this because I've had an experience that runs counter to this. The, the law has been in place for years and years and years, but they feel like, hey, time for a change. See, now you don't know this, but the timing of that question is is really scary because the second question I get asked most as as an instructor, as a teacher, is about the school shootings. Is that right? Yeah, and we just had one. We had two recently uh, that happened literally within the past 48 hours. What specifically? Well, they want to know my, you know, my interpretation of what I think should be done. And they said, do you, you know, do I think it's fair? Do I think it's proper what's going on? And, And what I do to them, I said, listen, let me give you a little bit of history lesson. When I was a kid, and I grew up in the 60s, 70s, and I said, when I was a kid, the big thing was not school shootings. You know what the big thing was when I was a kid? You're talking about domestic terror? Nuclear war. Oh, yeah. Remember duck and the cover? Cold war, yeah, yeah. Right? Remember that? Or whatever. If you see a mushroom cloud outside your window, <laughs> duck and, oh no, if you see a mushroom cloud outside your window, you're dead. Right. You know, but that was the big thing, how to calm and keep kids, you know, quiet. Hey, let's go through the drill. You right. know, get under your desk. Put your heads over your hand. It is kind of unbelievable. I think there was, an, in facing annihilation, we had a drill. You know, they would go through 20 minutes of moving the classroom with kids around and setting them. But it's it a was, nuclear bomb. But it was a way to keep the kids calm and not be afraid to go home and come to class the next day. So we're taking steps. So it worked. But that was the big scare back in the, you know, the right, 60s right, and right. the 70s, nuclear war. It's not that anymore. Mm-hmm. Now it's school shootings. So what is the solution? I think the solution is training and knowledge. And, you know, my school, both my colleges have school shooter, active shooting uh, shooter drills for the instructors. Yeah, you need to have a plan. That's for sure. Exactly. What to do with is an active shooter on campus. Because that's the new norm. Uh, we had Thomas King from Florida Firearms Academy in here a while back. I know back. of him. He's a professional. And uh, we had a story where these folks that were survivors of the country music festival in Las Vegas, where they had an active shooter situation, they formed a support group online. They get together every once in a while. They pick an event. They pick the Garlic Festival in California. And we're at a second shooting. The guy pulls out. Can you imagine that you've been at two separate public events where a mass shooting occurred? 
In less than three years. The odds. Yeah. yeah. It's like surviving two plane crashes. Right. So it's coming to your door. So you better have a plan. I mean, I, you don't want to be an alarmist about this thing, but how, how, how could you be unprepared at this point? You'd feel like it was your fault almost. Look, it's, 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 it's out there. I'm a big believer in having, you know, uh, actively either prior, you know, retired law enforcement, uh, retired security, you know, top security at the school campuses, you know, the, the elementary schools, the middle schools, the high schools, mm-hmm. have people that want to be trained. It's a hundred hour course, by the way, I believe. And, you know, have them on campus, have, you know, have the the deputy's car outside, you know, be a presence, a deterrent to saying, you know what? Not that school. Let me go on. Why do you have locks on your door? You know, to say, well, I'm not the door's locked. Let me try the next door. You know, it's I just think the training knowledge and experience is invaluable yeah. as to prevent it's always going to be the key education and knowledge just like we talk about here on the show all the time boy that's what empowers you as a consumer i want to go back scott any any summary as we get ready to close the show up here i want you to give out your information one more time about how sure. folks can get in touch with you and tell me a little bit about what's going on over at mortgage approval group well we've been talking a lot about rates obviously is a, a big conversation in the um the whole process of mortgages um and we're We've uh, been at a two-year low for a while. We actually hit a three-year low last uh, last week. So um, might be a good time. Yeah, it, it, to me it is. Um, I think we're going to see them hold pretty steady, um, you know, for a little while, anyways. Um, but that doesn't mean you should drag your feet and take your right. time if you're thinking about doing something. Yeah, I'm telling you, the process takes a while, mm-hmm. so start it now, so you're ready to go when you really need to. Yep. If you're ready to buy, you know, or want to at least consider buying, um, you know, reach out to my team. If you're thinking of doing a renovation or a refinance and want to at least look at your options, there's no cost to see what your options are. Scott Kepler, Mortgage Approval Group. You got it. Richard Alexander, tell me something. What's going on? How do people get in touch with you? Um, I'm about as social media as you can possibly get. I I have Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook. I mean, I'm I'm incredibly accessible. Richard Alexander, Alexander Law, shared a bunch of good stuff with us today. Scott Kepler, Mortgage Approval Group. As always, uh, the Consumer Quarterback Show did its best to try to provide some knowledge for you. Check us out online. Watch us on TV. Listen to us on the radio and get some power out there. Become a more empowered consumer and make better decisions in the marketplace. Thanks for listening to the Consumer Quarterback Show, Consumer QB. You've been listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Contact Brandon Rhymes at 813-670-7372. That's 813-670-7372. Online at consumerqb.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show. Weekday afternoons at 5 on AM. 1380 The Biz